Yo, what's up, everybody? My name is Dell. I'm here with BJ Thompson, founder and executive director of Build a Better Us. Right. Thanks for joining us, bro. Thanks for having me. We're here with Andy Minio. This is the A Work in Progress podcast. This whole podcast is centered around a whole bunch of songs that Andy hasn't released for a whole bunch of reasons that are finally seeing the light of day. We talk a little bit about the context and then some of the larger themes. And today we're talking about Till Death Do Us Part. Yes. Yep. This uh, this record, which is it's out right now, so you can listen to it with this podcast. Uh, it was um, it actually started as an idea right around the time I was getting married. So 2013, I, I started working on this song, and um, 2014 is when I got married. Mm. So 2013, I had the idea. 2014 came around. I actually had an entire EP rollout idea like these were going to be little eps that were going to come out and they were all going to be themed and they were i don't even want to say it because one day i might do it it's it's still uh. a really dope idea <laughs> but um yeah you know i was man i i was in love i still am in love but i had just fallen in love i knew that i was going to marry this girl uh christina who you know we're about to hit five years this year which is wow. crazy and, um, you know, you're just flooded with that emotion at that time. And I wanted to figure out a way to do it. Now, I, at some point I might release some of this video. If people have come to my tours in the past, they've seen me put up actual clips from my wedding. Mm. But one of my favorite songs is To Be Real. It's oh, a jam. It's a jam. <laughs> right? And so as soon as me and my wife got married, we turned around. We now pronounce you, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Delgado Minio. Uh and we just started dancing coming down the aisle and i just remember how much fun with that moving bass line and those upbeat records and i was like man i really want to make something like that and so I, I went back in my bag into the like you know the vintage live bass live guitar piano situation live drum situation and uh we rented a studio in nashville called i think it was blackbird Studios might be in Nashville, but it's a really nice studio. And we actually recorded to two inch tape, which is, you know, right now everyone records to digital. Um, but two inch tape is like real to real, like the way that they did Michael Jackson stuff and like all the works all the way up, mostly through the nineties and, mm. and before then. And so it has this like warm vintage analog sound to it. And uh, I brought in some incredible bass players and drum players and everybody, and we tracked the whole thing live there. Um, and it just sounds rich. It sounds like expensive. It sounds beautiful and uh, vintage. And, you know, the record, you know, I'm a hip hop artist, so this was like far left mm. for me. And so a lot of the fears arose in me around like, how do I release this? And on what project? Like, you're going to just get, like, a boom bap, like, hip-hop album with trap stuff, and then all of a sudden you're going to get, like, a Daft Punk ba record out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, I don't know how this is going to fit. So mm. it never came out. And every year I've been like, man, maybe I'll just drop it on, uh, you know, um, Valentine's Day or something. And we never do because we get caught up working on other projects. So this has been sitting around for a while. And every time I play it for somebody, like the whole room just starts dancing. Mm. So I was like, you know what? We need to find a way to get it out. And I really hope that this will become like an anthem for people's weddings. That sounds You know, That's like good. that people be able to yeah. dance to it and, and have a good time. When was it that you like first made this song? 2014. So for like five years ago? Yeah. 
This song is basically as old as it's like classic. their marriage. It's already classic. Exactly. <laughs> it's classic already. Exactly. Yeah. That's wild, yeah. dude. But you know wild. what? I heard a story that um, cause I'm happy, clap along. Like that, Pharrell was holding on to that record for like seven years or something. Really? Yeah. They held on to it for a really long time because he was like, the market's not ready for it. And then it came out. Same thing with Stir Fry. In the kitchen. Oh, with yeah. Stir Fry was a beat that this didn't have did for a minute. Like 10 years ago. Hmm. And so, you know, sometimes that's what it is, man. It's just like timing is Well, really they had key. that beat 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Then this dude so, discovered it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, we're dropping it in this context, which is, man, it's never came out, but it should come out because it's still good and it doesn't have to be attached to any bigger project, yeah. which is why I felt the freedom to release these records and, and let people in on more of my creativity. Yeah, man. Um, I think it's interesting to talk on that for a minute, like just the difficulties of putting some, which we've talked about in, a, in another episode, which is just the difficulty of having the courage to put something out there that yeah. might be a departure from the norm for you. Right. Yeah. And this song is very like more musical. It's like got a groove to it. Sure. So, you know, like I said in the other episode, man, it's just... Um, kind of like commending your courage for putting it out. And I know that this context makes it easier for, for you sure, because right. you're like, yo, man, I didn't, I don't, I didn't, I, I don't know how I feel about this song. Like yeah. I'm kind of scared yeah. and that's the point of this whole project. So you guys tell me what you think. Um, so I just think it's super dope, man. And I think what would be uh, really interesting is to kind of touch on some of the, the themes that you talk about in this record which is really centered around a celebration of marriage, yeah? Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. Everything that that represents and stuff. Like that. Yeah. Well, I actually have another record uh, called Loaded Gun, um, which is very similar to this topic, which is the chorus says, I'm giving you this loaded gun, um, trusting that you'll never set it off. Um, I'm giving you this loaded gun. And it's just basically saying, like, when you love somebody, when you trust somebody, it's essentially what you're doing. Like when you give them access to your heart, you give them a loaded gun, you give them all the ammunition to harm you mm. and you trust that they won't. And, you know, I think that's one of the biggest pieces. That's one of the biggest pieces to, uh, what? Andy no. with the heat. I'm loving this. Andy with His the reactions heat. Are, are crazy. He's like, I'm loving the, he's it. Like, I got a loaded gun. <laughs> wow. And yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's that I think that's why commitment is so hard for people because to commit to somebody would really mean that you have to give them access, yeah. all access. And to give someone all access is the possibility to really be hurt yeah. by them. And I don't think you get deep, intimate, like vulnerable love without giving someone access to hurt you mm -hmm. sure. because if the same pathway to give someone access to hurt you is the same pathway to give someone access to love you and it's the same funnel yeah and so you can't get one without the other but a lot what a lot of people try to do is try to get love without the access to hurt um and what that basically is is you give like basically a version of yourself or a, a part of yourself to a degree but where you can still control it and keep people at a distance. Mm. And I feel like that's what most of us do in relationships and why guys are, and girls, a lot of people are just afraid to commit. Um, especially when you're doing, for me, I was like in my mid twenties, 
Like I'm blowing up as a rapper. I'm selling records. I'm getting to travel. And now it's like, oh, commit to one person. And I'm like, but what about all the other people out there? The people mm-hmm. I never met. What about, you know, and so you always wonder if there's somebody better out there, someone who looks better, mm-hmm. someone who, you know, is smarter, someone, whatever. You, you, you do all these things in your mind. And, um, you know, it, it makes it really difficult to make a choice. So hmm. uh, we can talk about that for days, but that, yeah. that, that was some of the record. And, and to finally say, no, I'm going to commit to you until death does us part. Like until death is what I'm signing up for. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a scary thing. I got a lot of stories. Oh, man, there's, there's two crazy things there. Like one, I remember you shared a long time ago the um, how you didn't believe in soulmates. And I was like, yo, break that down for me. What do you mean? <laughs> and, you know, because I don't think I ever did either. I just, I just thought it was good. cheesy. It sounded good. I just thought it was cheesy, but I didn't really have like real reasons behind it. Did you believe in his Zodiac? No, I don't, okay. I don't even know about that. That's why you didn't believe in a soulmate. Yeah, I, I guess so. But um, I remember you were saying, if you believe in, in, a, in a soulmate and you find this person and you believe, well, you believe you found this person. The amount of weight that you would put on them is going to crush them and the relationship because it's an idol. And that's what you do with things that you put in on a pedestal. And then when you do it with a human being, it's even it's just too much for someone. You know, I said this the one time like I actually preached, which was the day I proposed. Crazy. I remember that. In 2012. You man hit a half court buzzer beater. <laughs> nah, twice. but um, you remember that Young Gun song, No Better Love? You hear it. You remember. <laughs> He's like, I was listening to it this morning. Um <laughs> Uh, and he says, girl, I want to be your father, your brother, your mother, your everything. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I wouldn't want to be that for anybody. Mm-hmm. Think about that. If if I was with a woman and she's like, yo, you're my soulmate. I'm like, oh, this chick might kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she, like, if things don't work out, I, like, she might, like, stalk me. and Because it's like, no, you're my soulmate. We were born to be together. Yeah. Like. That's and crazy. if this doesn't work, I missed it. Right. It's over. But then there's another thing. If you believe in soulmates and you're with somebody and things start to, like, the excitement declines, what it always, it always does, or you start to see some of their not-so-great parts, what's going to be the first thing you do? Oh, you must not be my soulmate. So if it's not you, where's she at? And now you're going to be the guy that's, like, 60, still on some, like, still haven't found the one for me. And when he demystified that, I thought it was really helpful because look, man, let's just keep it a buck. If you meet somebody and you're attracted and you are friends, meaning you genuinely like each other and like each other's company, and she has a character and a worldview that is good, then just commit Hmm. because they will be imperfect. You know what I mean? And I remember reading in psychology today, like it's essential. Uh, One of the things that they said is essential is like, and I'm not saying that this is not possible if you don't do it this way, but psychology today, which isn't, they're not coming from a Christian worldview. We're saying that opposites do attract, but the core things like your religion, 
your values have to be the same. Yeah. Now, what's different is if you're um, adrenaline junkie, you're an adrenaline junkie and your wife's like a bookworm, like that's good. Yeah. That you're a completely different person, that you have yeah. different personalities because that's going to lead to you guys having different experiences and, sure. you know, you're going to open your mind to different things. But I thought that was really important because honestly, it wasn't until I really was uh, mature in my faith and until I really thought out that thing that I was ready to commit to somebody mm -hmm. because I knew what committing was. So when I met my wife that I'm with now that I love, and when I first met her, I was like, wow, like fireworks, bro. I was like, love at first sight yeah. type numbers. Like, I'm not even kidding. But then after a couple of months, I was like, oh, <laughs> you got baggage. Like, you got issues. Like, there's things about you I don't really like. To come out. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Everyone's know, got a bag. What's in yeah, your bag? Yeah, man. Dog? Like, I'm, I'm not See? feeling you sometimes. And I know, I know, same thing for me. Yeah. But both of us had that understanding and we were, we were able to say like, all right, I see what's going on here. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But you know what? We're friends. Um, I met your family. I've seen you around different people. We share the same values and beliefs. Like I'm willing to commit to you, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's just super important. And something that I think Hollywood and culture and films and music say, I think the complete opposite. Yeah, and that's, yeah. you know, that could and, be hurtful. I've said this before, and BJ, I love your thoughts on it, but like, basically, when I talk about marriage, like I remember even when I told people like, yo, I'm getting married. Yo, I got met by like a positive reaction like once. Mm. One person was like, yo, you're gonna love it. It's gonna mm. be incredible. I'm so happy for you. Everyone else was like, Man, get ready. And it was so discouraging Ugh. to me. Yeah. And I was like, word? Now, luckily for me, I'm still waiting for that disaster that they're talking about because it's been incredible for me. We've had our ups and downs, obviously, because it's a relationship, but it has not been the disastrous thing that everybody said it was going to be. It's been the opposite. Yeah. It's been the opposite. It's been such a pleasure. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But when, when I would ask people, like, what do you really look for in a wife? I was saying those things. I was like, all right. Definitely want to be on the same page about the things that are most important to me. But another thing, which I think is like a simpler way of saying it is, what crap are you willing to deal with? Yeah. Because everybody comes with it. Yeah. But for me, what I realized was like, there was a girl I was dating prior to being with my wife. And there was some things in the relationship that I was just like, nah, I'm not willing to like deal with that every day. Hmm. But I noticed with Christina, there was definitely stuff, but I was like, this this baggage doesn't um, break me in a way that I was like, I'm turned off by the whole thing. I saw it and I was like, I'm willing. And I think that was a good indicator for me that like this person is good for me. Um, now, you might get into a relationship and find out there's way more things and, you know, yeah. than you expected. But I thought that was a good marker. It was like, I see your flaws and I still am drawn to you. And I still want to keep going. So, you know, that was one of the things that, that I had looked for. And I and BJ, I know that you, BJ, I know that you work with couples all the time, especially yeah. through Build a Better Us. Yeah. I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit more about what you do with Build a Better Us. Yeah. Um, and then how these conversations, you know, about compatibility yeah. and 
The yeah. one, the soulmate, and the soulmate, soul soulmate, the soulmate. Like how these are things you yeah. probably are speaking together. with people about a lot. Yeah. So we started Build a Better Us about ten years ago. Um, we've been married for seventeen years this year. You and your wife are doing My, well. Yeah. We we initially started. We have an entire team and organization, mm. and um, we started because we realized we were in the faith and we were around people who had health, but it was all cliches. And those cliches for us was leading to a lot of confusion and then led to a crisis, right? And so part of the reason why we were forced to start was it was either start something that was intentional and was practical and purposeful and meaningful um, and transformative or not be married at all. And so in a lot of ways, people ask me like, man, how did you guys have this organization that helps create growth with individuals and couples and I go, man, it was either learn how to swim or drown mm-hmm. in this thing called relationships and marriages. And so, yeah, so one of the things you're asking me about, how do you speak to compatibility? I don't think a lot of us even give a lot of time to it. You're referring to whatever worldview you got. So maybe you thought compatibility was your zodiac sign of you a Libra, of you a Scorpio, or you a Pisces and like... How do those things match? Or maybe compatibility is your preferences. And so I think a lot of us like pick the preferences. Do I like this certain thing that you do with your hair? Or do I like this thing that you do with your makeup? Or I like how you look physically, like anything, bad you are, any like literally any preference. So I don't think any of us have a good, mature perspective on compatibility because our compatibility honestly comes through R&B music. So whatever like your top pop songs, whatever your top romantic thing that makes you like your thing, (laughs) like you like determine that's what I learned my compatibility. And then I think the culture nowadays equates its romantic sexual intimacy with compatibility. So you got shows like um, Insecure and people like, yo, I just want to be in this situation like this, but I don't want all these other variables that come with that certain situation. So I think in a lot of ways, we imagine a compatibility. And then I love what you're saying, Dale. Then you impose that imagination onto another human being. Mm. And then we wonder why we ghost. We wonder why we can't keep any relationships anymore because the compatibility is built around pop culture, movies, imagination, and everything you wish you would not have done with your ex. <laughs> and so, sure. yeah, so I so, think in a lot of ways, that's, that's the weight of what we're bringing in. And so you don't even know like, what should this actually look like? Because your imagination and presuppositions are really ruling more stuff, so. What's up, everybody? It's Andy Minio and Delgis Mustafa. This is the Work in Progress podcast, and we're taking a moment to shout out our sponsor, Samaritan. It's actually uh, something I use in my house, and so I'd recommend it to anyone if it's the right fit for them. So what is it? It is 80,000-plus households and growing, a community of people who are taking care of each other's medical needs as those needs arise. And so instead of sending your money to, you know, the Blue Cross and Blue Shield or whatever else, you will send it actually directly to someone in need that is inside of the Samaritan community. Uh, The same way, you know, if you have a need, you will post it and people will contribute to make sure that your needs are taken care of. So for me as a hip hop artist, I'm not rolled into any big corporate healthcare plan. I actually have to find what's best for me and my wife, uh, you know, independently. And so 
And so we've tried the insurance route, and it's just really expensive and not a lot of good coverage. And so with Samaritan, it ended up being this great solution for us to be able to look out for our family and make sure our needs are taken care of. If you want to learn more about it, go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash Andy Minio, and you can find out more there. Again, it's not for everybody, but it might be right for you. Go check it out. Work in progress, podcast. Let me, let me throw something in here. I'm just going to drop a little bomb off. Bombs. Keep it. Go. Damn. Let's talk about sexual compatibility. Okay. What? Now, here's, a, here's an interesting conversation, right? Yeah. So, I am a Christian today. Right. Yeah. What that means, you know, for me is that I try to read the Bible and follow what Jesus is talking about mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I think that's the best option. For sure. <laughs> you know, that's basically sure. where, where I'm at for sure. uh, with things. And <clears throat> there's a strong push towards, uh, especially in Christian culture, towards sexual purity, which means keeping uh, the sacredness of sex like separate until marriage, right? Now, that kind of sounds like an outdated, crazy concept for today. Yeah. Especially since people got Tinder, you getting laid on the first night, like, you know, and especially music, everything about our culture, it it, it makes um, sexual intimacy a very, like, flippant thing and not seen as a sacred Mm -hmm. thing that I think the Bible talks about it being. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I hear a lot from people is, yo, how can I sign up to be with somebody for the rest of my life if the sex is whack? And I never slept with him before. Oh, right. Oh, that's yeah. good. Right? Yeah. So this is something I've heard a lot of people say. Um, and I'm like, yo, that's a good question. Test you ain't going to know. You, you want to test drive before, test the car you before the I drive it off yeah. the line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? That's crazy. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot around that conversation, yeah. around that topic. But I think it's stuff that people are really wrestling with if they're like yo I want to follow like I'm interested in spirituality I'm interested in following Jesus but some of these rules I don't know about what well, I don't know what how do you respond to that no, that's and, a great question you know what's what's interesting when you got married so I, I'm just assuming you had sexual intercourse or contact so my, before, before you were married right my story is I I was having sex prior to me being married yep um, but not with my wife. So okay. me and my wife actually made it. Good. But that was a big part because of. Wait, just, hold just up. clarify. Rick. No, but I want to. But I want to make no, this. No, because it sounds like I was. I, you know, I was line. having sex. Yeah, but not I'm with her. I was. <laughs> yeah. That's the soundbite you got. Soundbite. But listen, I was, but, I, but I'm saying I was active since I was about 15 years. For old. sure. So here's what I want to make. Here's so a question. Then, Go ahead. So then, um. I became a Christian and I still had uh, sex for sure uh, with girls, but in a in a very um what do you call it like, conscious way in a conscious way yeah, that conscious like, way when it happened I felt like this remorseful guilt yeah right yeah um, and then when I got with Christina yeah I knew that I didn't want to mess it up yeah and so I remember uh, she was in college at the time and she was like I knew I wanted to marry her and I was like yo. BJ. I remember yeah. calling BJ. Yeah. BJ's been a friend and a mentor to me for years. And that's, yeah. you know, why I'm glad glad you're here, man. But wow. I said to BJ, I said, yeah. So she's getting, she's graduating college next year. So maybe we'll do the wedding after she graduates. Wow. And BJ I said, that. do you think you can maintain her sexual purity and yours yeah. for a year and a half? Wow. And I just remember being like, 
Nope. Wow. <laughs> Boy's hot. I didn't. Dale, hot I didn't push him the... into marriage, bro. He did it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, "Dang, if that's the case, if this is wow. something that's important to me wow. to to try to like." Were you already engaged? Um, no. Uh, but Listen, you knew. I was gonna. Go, I was gonna yeah. propose. Mm-hmm. And so, I, so that's why though. Before I was even married, I was putting money away in a in a marriage account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't even I wasn't even dating anybody, yeah. but I'd take a little bit of money and put it aside because yeah. I knew when it was time to get married, I didn't want to be in the situation like a lot of my friends where they're like, I've been engaged for six years, I'm just trying to save up money to mm. do the wedding. And I was like, Wait, what? Yeah. And I was like, How are you supposed to do that for that long? So I I had saved up twenty grand. And so when I went, when I knew it was time to marry her, I went, took the money, bought a ring proposed and then 10 was it eight months later six months later we got married so i'm sorry four months later we got married so i dated her for six months and then four months later we got married so the whole thing was 10 months because i was like yo we got to get a move on this because if not (laughs) it's gonna get bad i'm going bad out here so uh you know i i I intentionally put a little speed behind it for sure for sure but i had also planned and prepared for it too um so that's and so that's why i think we were able to make i think if it was going to be a year and a half after that i was like i don't know bro yeah some people can i couldn't yeah so what i was asking was can you tell the difference between when you were having sex outside of marriage and sex inside right and I, I want to say something to us. We talk about people being out their mind, right? You ever notice that after sex, when you're before marriage, you have to reconcile the fact that you're not sure if you're fully committed to this individual and you feel the deepened connection that is unique to any other human being. And I think, think that this is one of the challenges with sex is we just treat it so flippantly like, yo, I want to test the car out. I want to see what's going on. But the attachment that happens through sex from one or both parties when they're healthy creates such a confusion because you don't know what really to do with how you feel. Like you're like, yo, I don't really feel like this about you anymore, but we got this deep bond and our, and the sex is really good. Right. And so what I would say is anytime you see confusion, you know that there's something wrong. Right. We look at confusion in culture and we say like, yo, we can just put band-aids around whatever the confusion is with money, with dates, with situationships. And we just try to put band-aids around it. When you see a lack of peace in your mind where you have the ability to say, despite whether or not the sexual encounter with you was good in this moment, like I'm married, I've been married for 17 years. Every time we've had sex, and we had sex hundreds and probably not thousands of times, has not been amazing. But what the difference between me now and me before marriage is I choose to love her afterwards, and then we come back to romantic intimacy because we're committed to each other. And I think that is the greatest challenge of our day is that though we say we really want this connection, our ability to be known and to be vulnerable is the thing that's creating so much heartbreak. That's why people don't want to be together now. That's why it's like, ah, I don't know. I've been hurt so many times. Sure. Yeah, because you have connections to people in the most vulnerable ways that you could imagine. And now you're starting to like create this objectivity even around sex. You go, well, it's nothing but sex. And I say, I was watching this interview with a guy, he goes, 
if after a month a guy asks you, let me get the passcode for your phone. And he was like, would you give it? He's like, nah, I wouldn't give it. He says, but, but within a month, how many of you would give your body to that person? And Sheesh. I go, oh. Yo, he rocked me with it. And I was like, yo, we would not give the pass. I think that the passcode on my phone is more valuable than the most vulnerable pieces of me mm. bored to another human being. And so what I think for us is because we are so anemic to the ideas of relationships and connection, we'll take the most vulnerable connection that we can get with people and we'll settle for that void of the commitment that actually protects us. And so when we say, I need to test the car out first, it comes from a place of brokenness. Cause here's what happens in sex, in marriage over time, I've been married 17 years. It's for connection and not performance. Sex before, it's for, uh. it's for like this quick pleasure. You get your rocks off. You tell everybody, yo, this was dope. This was good. Sex outside of marriage, sex within marriage is to remind you of the intimacy and the vulnerability through physical life that you're going to share through sexual life that you're going to share in your physical and emotional life through everything else that you're doing. And I think that because we don't know that other side, even people of faith find themselves in a trap of like, yo, I woke up this morning, I don't feel you anymore. Because we're choosing to not decide to love, and that's what makes sex good over time. Yo. Yo. I dropping think, wild heat. Yo, yeah. And I real. think the piece about performance yeah. over the longevity, yeah. like we would settle for performance yeah. or consumerism, as yeah. they saying, yeah. than this longevity where the flash in the pan, though it's bigger and brighter, Seems a lot more interesting than the the, the long term. I'm also working on a song. Uh, it's called um, what? what was it? Uh, firework. And it's like we would we would rather settle for a firework than a candle, mm. right? And the firework explodes and it's big and it's bright and it's flashy and boom. But the slow burn and the longevity of a candle is like not as attractive. This is good, right? That's why I said like. Uh, fireworks I'd, I'd rather have I can't I'm gonna butcher the song yeah. but that's essentially the concept is that there's something way more fulfilling and satisfying about the longevity yeah. of someone saying yo whether or not the sex was whack I'm here for you Yeah, that is so much more deeply fulfilling than a wild sexual encounter but it's hard to explain that to somebody because it's all we know so all we know is wild connections based off of this disconnect that says, as long as this is good, then I'm good. And I'm saying it's settling for those things. You talked about how relationships, they don't create issues, they reveal them. And when you have sex over a period of time of <laughs> Yo, being say married, it again though. Relationships don't create issues, they just reveal them. So that's why people, when they get married, they think it's gonna all go away. It all comes back. Everything that you have comes back. And you have to confront them in new ways. And what happens with sex over time, and I, you know what? I need to speak to this. I need to speak to this. Sex over time, because relationship itself is like revealing issues. And they don't just reveal issues. You said the 5% earlier on one of the podcasts. The 5% is revealed over time. Imagine your life being revealed and your flaws being revealed 5% at a time over you know, years at a time with one person. As those issues are coming out, 
and you come back to sex despite the fact that those issues and flaws are being revealed, intimacy is greater because the issues are revealed as greater. And so now when you connect, you're connecting in a more meaningful way than I like your butt. I like your breast. I like the fact that you can, you know, do this, give me head in a certain way. Like you're connecting in a much more meaningful way because the love that you have to give to a person, you're choosing to give a love to a person with a growing knowledge of their flaws and a growing knowledge of your flaws so that when you come together in intimacy, sex is so much more mutually sweeter Ooh. because you chose to be intimacy intimate despite the fact that you fall short. This is the love that people are longing for that they can't speak to. It's a love of choice, not a love of impulse. What y'all think? <laughs> this man said, what Yo, y'all I don't know, y'all can't see this right now, but the whole studio is doing ninja backflips back here. Because, dog, it makes so much sense. What you want to do? What you want to do? I, yo, let's call it for what it is, though, right? Yeah. I think marriage right now is starting to be it's it's starting to be looked at in a different light because picking up steam. Yeah, especially in hip hop. It is. Like it's kind of especially in hip hop. Especially in hip hop, people are starting to like like admire the institution of marriage because sure. they have like influential people that are like like Jay-Z and Beyonce and you have you know, you have a Gucci man that like is really, you know, promoting, which sure. I think is really good. Sure. What's still wild corny for people, though, I think is um, waiting. It's abstinence. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. waiting till marriage. For a second. I think yeah. I just think that's still like the stocks are wild low yeah. when yeah. it comes to that. And yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think. Um, Obviously, it's been it's been uh, the way I think it's been represented has yeah. a lot to do with it. But when you th just think about why that is so, yeah, and what you exchange, what what you lose and what you gain, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I I always remember that I don't remember the actual verse, but it says like uh, they have gotten their reward. Yeah, and you know, listen, you're talking to a guy. I was the worst, bro. Like before, before I was, I was um, really active in my faith. Like that was my thing. Like yeah. I was yeah. Um, yeah. dating a lot, you know, seeing a lot of girls. I would ghost all the time, you know. Like I'd just be like, for two months, we're like mad tight and everything, and then I'm just like, peace. <laughs> I had like really immature. I was really immature, really selfish really didn't understand uh, uh, human relationships on that level. Um, and like I said, it took, it took things for me to, you know, see it for what it was. But um, mm. I think, I think about this. I was just telling my little brother this. I'm like, yo, imagine you abstain from sex. You just never do imagine it, right? That. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine it. Like, imagine that. Like big imagination. And you meet a girl. Yeah. And you guys are like really genuine friends. Like, think about the the, the platonic chemistry between you and, and your best homeboy. Good. You have that with a with a girl that you're attracted to. She goes to your church. You guys believe in the same God. Like, mm -hmm. and and you see the way she behaves around friends, and then you see the way she behaves around family, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, yeah, characters there. I'm loving it. 
let's say you, so you, you start courting then you start dating and then you get engaged and then you get married bruh if y'all have never had sex mm -hmm. that wedding night just think about like like use your imagination and think about how impactful that experience is gonna be yeah to share that that's it like yeah. under God in front of all the people you love yeah you said, yo, I'm committing to you no matter what. No matter what, I'm right here. And, yo, you know, somebody, I used to read dating books, like, before I was, like, married or anything. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, from a Christian perspective. And, you know, I was like, yo, should you kiss? Should you hold hands? Should you this and that? It's like, look, man, obviously, apart from, like, having sex, which we know you shouldn't do, it's just a question of the the more things you decide not to do is like the more special that they're going to be when yeah. you do them inside marriage. Yeah. So I just think about that. To me, it's clear. Yeah. Like how much more of a reward, yeah. how much more of a unforgettable experience that night will be than regretfully yeah with with a tinge of guilt each time having sex all the way up into marriage yeah you know what i'm saying like yeah. and i want you to i want you to take that uh, and and expand on it yeah but i was gonna say this too man is I, I remember reading this leadership book and they were talking about the three c's like if you're looking for someone to partner with you know look for character chemistry and competency mm. and if there's anything that you're gonna compromise on make sure that it's competency yeah because character and chemistry are just two important things like that. They're, they usually don't grow. They're usually just there. Mm. Um, but competency is something like you can learn, you can change, you can adapt, you can grow. And uh, I almost look at it that way in, in a lot of ways with sex is like the sex in mm. my marriage has only gotten better with time. You know what I'm saying? Because there's yeah. been a deeper understanding of who that person is, what they like, what they're into. Um how at different times, like you're dealing with a different person in a different headspace, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so sometimes yeah, yeah. I have to talk this way or that way or whatever, not to be mm, like graphic, yeah, but you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you understand the intimacy of, of who somebody is in a different way. And yeah. it, hey, babe, I would like this. Let's try this. You get to experiment Oof. and try things, and it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it evolves over time. Um, but if y'all are genuine friends and attracted, yeah. And let's say that first that wedding wrong? night might be a little let it's all right. You have a whole life to practice, bro. Let me bring something to help culture because I think we need to be, I want to be very helpful for culture. People who are people who are having sex apart from lifelong commitment are not having the best sex. And I think mm. we it's, it's just like a misconception. It's like it's risky. It's all it is, is you, you're giving your full self vulnerably through intimacy and not reciprocated through commitment. And what I would say is that's where intimacy has to grow. Intimacy grows around the commitment that can contain it so that as it grows, it's like, oh, there's room for this thing. So it's a perfect example, bro. People in Miami love water on the beach. The beach is beautiful. You go out, these beautiful blue waves, and there's white sand, right? Well, that water is beautiful until the hurricane. Water that's in your 
living room is no longer beautiful. It's now a mess. What's the difference? It's boundaries. A person with no boundaries can take something beautiful. And now that beautiful thing with no boundaries becomes a disaster, right? The same with sex without commitment. The same thing is true in this culture. It's not that we want sex without marriage. It's just that we settle for sex because we're not sure if it'll lead to marriage. And so when you think about the culture as it exists now, there's not enough people talking vulnerably that are in committed relationships saying, no, like this is better. It's worth the wait. And to your point about like purity culture, you practice, you practice that self-control of you're my friend and we have boundaries and friendship and relationship apart from marriage because that's what you're going to need in marriage Mm. for life. It's not about purity. It's more about a pattern. I'm setting that pattern because when I go off to work after leaving my wife, the pattern is I'm already practicing. I meet a person of the opposite sex. I already know those boundaries and she's seen me practice it because I practice it with her. Mm. That's what monogamy is. And so we talk about the ideas of like, why should you have friendship and value boundaries before marriage and relationship? Well, that's what I'm going to need you to do anyway. You're you're going to have to walk out the door every day and practice that same level of self-control. The last thing I want to say is this. The highest point of every relationship in marriage is friendship. Because you, you, you wake up one morning, and I've been married almost 20 years. You wake up one morning and you realize if we don't grow in friends, the vulnerability that I want to give to you isn't shared. It's just an obligation. And so what I would say is just learning how to be friends with people is a big deal. If you don't value friendship and you ghost on your friends, you'll ghost on your spouse. Right. If you don't. Mm. It's a canary in a, in a, it's a character thing to your point. Yeah? It's like if you ghost on people. You'll ghost on your spouse. You friendship is the highest point of relationship. And when you begin to value great friendship, now marriage makes sense. Now family makes sense. Now, you know, mm. romantic relationship. Now faith. All those things make sense because you get the greatest power. And thank you. Absolutely. Another thing people don't consider is that when you do have sex with someone, when you're just dating and you just met them, especially if the sexual chemistry is really good, yeah. it really does cloud a lot Judgment. of All the, time. the things, the character things that this person, Absolutely. like character yep. deficiencies. You told me something once that a long time ago you were dating someone, y'all were having sex. So we say that again. Say the last part again. You, you're killing it with that. Say that point. <laughs> it makes you cloud your judgment and do what? It clouds your judgment. You can't see the character deficiencies and and the things that... And also, it might make you blind to the fact that you might not really like this person. And that's where I was going to go with you. That's that's happening. Because you told me that happened to you, that um, he was with this girl. She was good. She was attractive. They were having sex. The sex was dope. But obviously, you know... You know, it can't stay at that level. Eventually it dips, you get tired, whatever. And then, you you know, you got to spice it up. But he became a Christian. 
he told her, yo, chill, let's take sex out of the equation. When you took sex out, he was able to see her personality mm-hmm. and was like, yo, I don't really rock with yes. you like hey, that. Not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, wow. That, so I think people need to consider that like, Sex, mm. especially good sex, is going to really make it hard for you to see people as they are. That's good. And then when the sex, because it 1,000% will, is no longer as, as exciting or as dope as it was in the beginning, now you're going to be left with someone that you're yes. like, I don't really rock with you. So Yo, and here's the bugged out part. Building a relationship on sex is literally like building your house on a sandcastle. On sand. Because let's say you're a savage and you're going an hour. <laughs> let's say you're a savage yeah. and you're going for an hour. Wow. Right? Wow. That's Which, a long time. Sex is such a small part of life in the grand scheme of things that to build the other 23 hours of your day on that one hour is literally ludicrous. To build a relationship on what the other 23 hours of your day would look like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. The time that you have to spend in the morning with this person, participating in family outings, going shopping, spending time together, enjoying meals. I think that's a much wiser place to start building a relationship on than it is for something that could be so fickle. And listen, you know, at the end of the day, all of us, like we've been talking about aging, like age happens to all of us. And you know that that 21 year old body like beauty is fleeting and it fades but yes, character is. is something that beauty and booty beauty and booty, fleeting beauty and booty. And well, yeah, yeah. so um, I think that's important so uh, we might have to do two parts because we didn't even talk about masturbation yet yeah. <laughs> that might have to be another yeah. one no, I'm but gonna I need to know wait, what you think about yanking it this way no, yeah. no, no. We need to get into some pulling rope. We need to get into pulling rope and pulling pork. <laughs> Do you really? Are you seriously joking? No, but wait, wait, wait. I are think, you joking? Are you serious? I still think there's something else here. <laughs> I still think there's something else here because the beauty of like what uh, uh, the beauty. I'm the, like, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, the beauty of the Christian worldview on sex is that yeah. like, yo, it's a great thing. It's a God's good idea. Do it like. Be really Fair good at it. Even, even, in, sure. uh, even sure. in How to Win Friends and Influence People about Dale Carnegie, he has advice for marriage, and one of them is like, read a really good book on sex. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yo, it's like a great thing and it's meant to be enjoyed. Yeah. But yeah. I like what you said. You said basically, basically, hot take, married sex is it's the better. best. It's sex. better. No, it's, it's the best less sex. Less worry, yeah. less anxiety, more peace. More focus on the things that you have to get done. Centered, like it's it's like better. It's like it brings your mind. It's vulnerable. It brings your mind, body, and soul into peace. As long as you both are committing and growing. You know, if one time, you know. Say you you ain't batting 100. Yeah, you know, if one time. And nobody's batting 100. Nobody's nobody's batting 100. Nobody's batting 100. Nobody's batting 100. Batting 1,000 is the term. Yeah. Because batting 100 is. Oh, I don't even know. There's more like it. No one's batting a thousand. thousand. (laughs) Yeah, nobody's batting a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Let's say if you have an off night. (laughs) You're jumping. The jumper jumper ain't hitting. You phoned it in. 
You know, you're missing layups. You had one too many whiskeys. Guess what? Yeah. This is this is a team you ain't getting cut from. Is that right? Hey, exactly I need right. that security. Exactly you know right. what I'm saying? I need now, that extended contract. That's exactly right. Now you, you can come back and drop. <laughs> you now you can come back and drop fifty on them the next night. That's what I'm saying. You feel me? Yeah. But it, yo, if you don't, if you don't pull up from half court like Steph on night one, yeah. she telling all your friends Guess you're whack. Guess what? It don't matter, bro. We got it. She got you for the next sixty years. It don't matter, bro. Yeah, man. I just think that trust, that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, really impacts and and you know what to touch again on on purity culture like you said yeah Yo, it really is it really is the difference between a hundred dollars now yeah. and ten million dollars later like you, you know that only captures some of what the difference is yeah. and and it goes back to saying about the reward it's really a, a, a risking a short term thing for a long term capital huge win yes that's yeah. really what we're talking about at the end of the yeah. day and man yeah. listen but I, I will tell you this I, i'm a guy that couldn't do it you know i was i was i was active and i wish that that wouldn't have been the case so i just want to say to people yeah that that um struggle like i want to encourage them yeah but, but then, you're part of the reason why women hate men in some ways too right what? so like we act like that's a victimless crime like, like we act like Yo, I went through all of these things and then I got married and my mind got clear. I'm saying it's not a victimless crime. Yeah, it yeah. adds to the distrust, yeah. the brokenness. Yo, when I first became Christian, yeah. dog, I wrote mad letters for apologizing. Sure. For sure, for sure. I made wild phone calls sure. because I finally saw it for what it but was. But I'm saying that's that's what adds to the culture of distrust mm -hmm. is sex before marriage is not a victimless crime. Yeah, like, good. it's literally people you who are going, bodies. It bodies everywhere. Body counts. And broken hearts everywhere. Broken hearts. Because everybody wants to be like, oh, nah, we're just sleeping together. But nah, man. And then they hate you. Hold up. And then they hate you. When they watch you walk down that aisle and commit to one woman for the first time and you gave them all the things that you want to give her in a, yes. in a moment. The key here is yeah. commitment. The beauty of commitment, the safety of commitment. It's tight. Um, so death do that's, part. That's the real key here, man. Yeah. BJ, thanks for joining us, bro. We thanks definitely got to... We didn't even get to jump into half the things. We got to bring you back. I know, bro. Yo. Yeah.